0: I, I would like to sort of establish like a yearly Halloween party, cute. You nice. know?
1: What a dad uh, move. I love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean,
0: I've already told you like when I uh, when we buy a house, like I'm going to be like
1: mm-hmm. the
0: annoying neighbor that has yeah. like stuff Get
1: getting it out.
0: Yeah. And like
1: animatronics and fog machines <laughs> oh, yeah. and black lights. Um, yeah.
2: Dad mode activated. Huh? I love yeah. it.
1: Some dads have Christmas lights. Our friend Bird has mm-hmm. horrifying dismembered body parts hanging yeah. on chains. I like,
0: I, I, wanted, I want to be the house that the kids actually don't even want to come to because they're too scared. Yeah, get, that's good you stuff. Know.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. What would you envision as the, like, ideal? Like, you'd do a haunted house every year or what? I, I think that would be fun to
0: do sort of, like, maybe, like, a haunted house for, like, a day or two. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then just kind of, like, maybe on Halloween night, try to have it set up so that, like, I'm basically jumping out and scaring people.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> Love it. Doing the classic.
0: Yeah. A, a co-worker of mine, uh, she said that uh, what she used to do is she used to dress up in, like, a a, a costume that basically looked like a scarecrow. And oh, she would yeah. have, like, you know, the bowl of candy, like, in her lap. Oh, and, yeah. You know, if you're walking up, like, it doesn't look like a person at all so mm-hmm. you know like the kids would come up they would like look and then they would like grab the candy and then she would like grab them like, ah! like that's what i'm that's what i'm looking for mm-hmm.
2: that'd be so much fun to just sit there and as the kids are looking in the bucket, you're just like you should get the kit kat
3: they're like oh shit what the- oh my
2: god they <laughs> just jump up at them oh there yeah there are
1: still houses that i don't go up to like <laughs> i don't know well Will you go
2: trick-or-treating
1: let me show my cards no but there is a house in my neighborhood that decks out their entire front yard. And I'll be honest, like walking past it, I get a little unnerved. Mm. Like I know it's all fake. I know it's lights. I know it's, you know, plastic skeletons, but there's just like something about the energy. I revert back into that like seven-year-old version of myself. I'm like, (laughs) oh, it's going to get me. Oh God. And I very much still don't like things that pop out at me or like, talk Mm -hmm. when I step on a foot pad like Spirit Halloween I have to actively choose whether or not when I go in there (laughs) am I going to step on the foot thing and like actually hear what the evil clown has to say or am I going to avoid it entirely Uh so I'm going to need to help you set up your decorations bird otherwise I'm (laughs) I might not go to your house
0: (laughs) I don't don't think this year it's going to be anything like that it's more like just setting up ambiance yeah cute but, aesthetic. like, I, I, I did – I don't know if I had told you this. So, like, I talked to my partner about oh, um, the fact that I wanted to get a life-size version of Linda Blair uh, from The Exorcist. Oh, um, God, yeah. They have one. So, you know, it's like a five-foot, you know, uh, right in from The Exorcist. Yeah. You know, that would, like – I think she says – Her head
1: spins around, right? Yeah, it's like, hey, it's an ex- day for an exorcism. Like, I really <laughs> – Oh, I I want that
0: so badly. I've actually wanted that for a long time because I watched this like, it was an old like Conan, not sketch but like a a Conan like segment where Andy Richter goes to one of Guillermo del Toro's houses. And he has a house called Bleak House and in the house he just has all of this like horror memorabilia Mm -hmm. and it's like really cool and it's a really short clip like you find on YouTube. It's really short. And one of them is he has a TV room, and there's like two couches, and on one of the couches is like a really like life like Linda Blair like giggling um, and like oh, watching TV. Uh-huh. and I was like, I want that so badly. That's so
1: scary. <laughs> Not for Halloween,
2: mm-hmm. just to hang out with. Yeah, just,
0: exactly.
1: Just as a, as a third member of your romantic relationship, exactly. <laughs> Poly <laughs> polyamorous possible. relationship with the. the P-suit vomiting demon. Love yes. it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Show Dependent Podcast. The voice you're hearing right now is Kayla. And with me, as always, is my lovely partner, Eddie.
2: I need you to picture that there's some bushes. Oh my god! Right? And you could just see just half of my face, uh-huh. It's like poking out from the bush,
1: mm-hmm. and I'm
2: breathing real hard. And did you just? This...
1: Did you just take a shit in that bush? <laughs>
2: <laughs> my name is Eddie. How is everyone doing?
1: I uh, I don't know. How are we doing? Eddie?
2: How are, how are all the listeners out there? Huh? All ten know. of you
1: okay can you be nice to us please (laughs) hold it
2: down hey for us that's good 10 i'm i'm happy either way yes as kayla said welcome to another spooky the final spooky episode for this spooky season it's a sad time but it's a you know a happy time because today have we got a treat for all of you or a trick well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it's a <laughs> treat, but you can never really expect what happens. Today, we have another friend joining us. Now, this man—I've known this man since middle school. Back then, he was rocking the tall tees, Oh my god! Sneaking Jaeger bombs in his bedroom closet. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, at one point it was called the Wiz Kid. Oh no! <laughs> We've gone from that back in middle school into adulthood to where now. We watch a ton of horror movies, so please join us in welcoming our friend, who goes by the name of Bird.
3: Hi, Bird. I don't know if I should
2: do like an eagle screech or something like that. (laughs) Do do whatever
0: feels natural. Wow, uh, that's quite an introduction. (laughs) Um, Thank you.
3: (laughs) I I I did my
0: best. (laughs) I'm I'm very uh, happy to be here. Uh, As you were describing you hiding in the bushes, I was thinking a lot about... What the topic will be today, Mm -hmm. because there's definitely a lot of heavy breathing that happens in (laughs) the piece we're going to be discussing.
1: Oh yeah,
2: yeah, it's definitely to me. As we'll talk about, this is definitely one of the most iconic horror films of all time. If Mm -hmm. not, dare I say, the most iconic. Obviously, there's a ton of iconic films, but based around the season, based around the holiday. I don't know. I I might just give it that title. But, Bird, welcome to the Show Dependent Podcast. And as you've alluded to, as we've alluded to, I think it's time that we reveal it to the people who can't read. What are we going to (laughs) be? Hey, you know, it's in the title.
1: Hey, somehow the illiterate people found the podcast. That's all. Yeah, that's right.
2: They got there. (laughs) They figured it out. Bird, what are we going to be talking about here today? We
0: are going to be talking about the classic and absolutely iconic, and I do think you can make a strong argument, the most important horror movie of all time, which is John Carpenter's Halloween from
2: 1978. That's right, baby, the original. Which was funny when I went to create this doc. I was like, oh, man, I have to put the year on it. Mm -hmm. When you say Halloween, oh, we're going to be talking about Halloween. It's like, what do you mean? There's three different films called Halloween.
1: (laughs) Be clear.
2: (laughs) Which is so funny with reboots and remakes. I like it. It's like the self-titled album, but it's also can we just get a little subtitle? Make it a little easier on us. That way we don't have to say Halloween 1978 or Halloween whatever the fuck the Rob Zombie was.
1: Oh, God. We're the newest <laughs> one.
2: But hey, we're not talking about that shit. Mm-mm. I mean, we can.
1: We can mention it, for sure.
2: <laughs> That's for later, but he doesn't. that movie doesn't deserve a full episode.
1: No. <laughs> it's a meet-cute baby. It's how we met this thing. <laughs> So I only really watched this movie for the first time about like two years ago. Mm -mm. As anybody who knows me knows, I was a little baby and I was afraid of everything. (laughs) Uh, So I definitely did not watch horror films as a youth. So watching this movie for the first time, I think we may have actually, I can't remember if I only watched it with Eddie or if I got to watch it with you and Bird. I can't remember. But I do remember really liking it, being kind of like, oh, this is kind of a slow burn. I was expecting it to more be like an outright slasher, but it was a lot more suspenseful than I thought it was going to be. The fashion was (laughs) very nice, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm sure we'll get to some iconic moments and lack of outfits Mm. as we discussed today, but um, Mm -mm -mm. yeah, meeting this movie only a few years ago. It was really fun, so I'm excited to dive into it and get to talk shop without both of you guys, so should uh-huh. be good.
2: Excited to dive into a uh, surprisingly not very bloody film? mm I just want to say for my meet-cute, I'm pretty sure I saw this on a whim one day during high school. As previously stated and sort of mirroring Kayla's history with horror, not, not much of a horror guy myself until that very important moment of Resident Evil 4, 2005.
1: 2005, the year oh. that lives in mm. Eddie's mind forever. Oh, God,
2: what a good year. It's just like that's when Eddie really blossomed <laughs> into adult Eddie, even oh though God. I was not and very much still a child. But that's when horror <laughs> took off for me. I wanted to consume so much more of it. And definitely in high school, definitely feels like one of those days where you just wake up, you see something's on TV, and you just lay in bed and you're like, I'm going to watch this. And instantly fell in love honestly everything it does i think it does amazingly and most importantly it stays with you sticks in your mind and i've literally never forgotten about this movie since the first day i saw it
0: i like that uh you know kayla you're starting with i saw this movie two years ago eddie you're like i was in high school so like a little bit earlier but still kind of later so Mm -hmm. i saw this I think when I was around like nine or 10 years old. I thought so, you were going
1: to say in the womb. <laughs> in the womb. Yeah, exactly.
0: Damn. The, the next Halloween movie, it's revealed that I'm um, related to Michael Myers. So <laughs> hey, there you go. So I, I was exposed to horror pretty early. I remember watching a nightmare on Elm Street when I was six years old, which, Yikes. you know, some would argue is <laughs> a little too early to watch a nightmare on Elm Street. And I mm-hmm. definitely remember being positively terrified that Krueger <laughs> was going to come into my room. Your father just laughing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like I record. Uh, <laughs> so he uh so I, I remember kind of getting scared shitless, but also <laughs> being really sort of drawn to horror and anything that was sort of like Halloween y themed. Um I remember they still actually do this, which I think is really cool. So AMC, the AMC yeah. television channel. Mm-hmm. So they always do like during the month of October, Halloween themed or horror movie marathons. Right. And I remember I was about nine, ten years old, just hanging out, and they were running a marathon of all of the Halloween movies up to oh that. My God. Point. Uh. So this is pre Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember seeing Michael Myers on the screen for the first time, and was just enthralled. Mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't take my eyes away from the sort of blankness of that white mask. and it was scary and and terrifying, but again, it was something I felt really drawn to. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching Halloween, Halloween Two, just gonna touch on it briefly. I was pissed as a ten year old <laughs> watching Halloween. That that marathon yeah. for the first time and getting to Halloween three and not yeah. seeing Michael
2: Myers the season of mm-hmm. the witch
0: baby. <laughs> I'm like waiting for him to show
3: where up. Where is he? Dozen.
2: And the credits roll. You're like, what the fuck is this?
0: Yeah, where are these? I don't care about these stupid masks. Like, yeah. But I, so I remember, <laughs> and then when it goes to Halloween four and he comes back, I'm like stoked again. So
2: Big I just
0: remember just <laughs> falling in love with the idea of michael myers and like the image of michael myers really really quickly and
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know you i think we'll talk a little bit more about this like i don't necessarily think that halloween is like the greatest horror movie of all time yeah. per se
2: mm-hmm. sure
0: and it wasn't my first horror movie but i think i now that i'm kind of talking about it i feel like it might have been the one that solidified a love for horror um mm-hmm. I think that was the first one that I was super passionate about um, and uh, I guess made me cognizant of the fact that I was going to be a big horror fan. Mm -hmm.
1: Before we pivot, do you have any Michael on your body? Because I know you're working on a horror sleeve. Is there a plan to get Michael integrated or Laurie or some icon?
0: Yes. uh, So um, I'm, I don't know, like 60% done Mm -hmm. on my Horror sleeve. Um, I don't know when I'll finish it up. You know, it's like get yeah. a tattoo or save for a down payment <laughs> on a house. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> definitely had in the original design Michael Myers on there. Yeah. So I, I'm missing Michael Myers, Candyman, mm. and Black Phillip. That's, I think, oh, what that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. I, because I, because I know. Um, in your home, you have the original poster like framed. So I was thinking that would look really nice in your sleeve because it's Michael without it being, you know, the mask or yeah. the shape rather. But
2: For yeah, sure. really
1: cool. Yeah.
2: Just wanted I mean, to give you
1: a quick compliment. <laughs> oh,
2: I, <laughs> I love it.
1: your love your sleeve. It's so cool.
2: Out. Yeah. And it is pretty funny because that iconic poster doesn't show who it is. No. But it shows that fucking hand mm-hmm. and that tagline. The night he came home.
3: Home. That's
2: so good. <laughs> that was the night I came as well. Uh, yeah. Let's go damn on. We all. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first come, did. Oh. Did you imagine?
1: No. Ejaculated That's... for the
2: first time watching Halloween. Is this That's... a problem? I mean,
1: there are a lot of tits, so I guess it could.
2: No, no, no. It was only Loomis. That's who else uh, oh, hey. <laughs> All right, let's a very uh, attractive man. Yeah. yes, and that <laughs> <But> voice,
1: anyway, <laughs> getting to know each other. Wow,
2: if we're talking Halloween, there's a couple of things that have to be said
1: because
2: mm-hmm. we've said the word many, many times, and we're going to say it many more, I'm sure. Just picture Iconic, all caps, because in terms of horror and I think in terms of just uh, cinema in general, right off the bat, you ain't even got to see it with your ears. You hear this music as a young Eddie. I was like, oh, my God, why does this shit slap so
0: (laughs) hard? I I think in my opinion, because, you know, you watch an older horror movie and sometimes the scares don't necessarily make it to other generations. Like they're not as mm-hmm. effective just because of differences in what we've been exposed to. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Halloween was groundbreaking at the time, but you know, not somebody that's experiencing it for the first time in 2022, who's never, who's seen a bunch of other things. They may not find it to be, you know, massively scary. The The thing I think that holds up the most about that movie is that the score is still really, really creepy and haunting. Mm-hmm. It's a incredibly simple, score that's done by john carpenter who yeah. is incredible and what a king does so much. he is he, he is the horror master you know oh, doing yeah. so much with so with so little um and you know he does it for a lot of his other movies uh the fog the thing is like just a mm-hmm. quick aside so the thing <laughs> had a Big, huge score that was put together by Ennio Morricone, Oof. who of course you,
2: Another legend. Know,
0: yeah, the the legend, you know, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. right? Oh, um, yeah. So this really crazy score. I, I can't remember the exact reason why they decided not to use it. It might have been Morricone decided he didn't want to um, ultimately approve it for the film yeah, because yeah. the thing was not well received when it came out.
3: Oh, yeah, so instead, I forget about
0: that, yeah, which is so crazy. Um, we could talk about the thing for days. <laughs> yeah. But, oh yeah, but Next John time. John Carpenter. Put together a simple score that honestly works way better because you can hear the original score for the thing mm-hmm. if you watch the movie the hateful eight by quentin tarantino oh, Ennio yeah, yeah, yeah. coney was originally meant for the thing that's wild and i don't think it would have worked in the thing um as well as what carpenter put together and i think ultimately to tie it back to halloween i think it's because it's so simple that backdrop of just a couple of piano keys Mm -hmm. and then looking at the jack-o-lantern at the beginning of the credits i just think it's kind of like so stark and when you go into a movie theater i mean i can't imagine watching this in 1978 but Mm -hmm. going into a movie theater and you're expecting you know like big loud sort of orchestral sounds and Mm -hmm. you're just getting like a piano and then a little bit of synthesizer behind it (sighs) think that that's kind of jarring like you're expecting something big yeah. um, and instead you're getting something really really kind of small and eerie and and quiet um mm-hmm. which is a it's lot so of the way the movie works it's like mm-hmm. like you said it's all suggestion it's nothing like it's no big gestures
1: really. mm-hmm. right the thing with me how i kind of like think of this score and just kind of the way that john uses the music to draw you through the film it reminds me a lot of a sound that a lot of people find eerie which is the ticking of a clock it's just kind of like something that's ever present and you don't really hear it until you cue into it but once you hear it you can't stop hearing it Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like you know laying in bed at night and like feeling the passage of time and just the ever present (laughs) just pulse that's behind this whole movie that kind of pushes the energy through, which is really scary. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, it's very simple, but very effective.
2: I'll use this as the transition into the next iconic thing, because this movie just hits you with them back to back. Not only is that main theme so good, but obviously every other part of the soundtrack, like I, to this day, when I hear those three, like, I'm just like, fuck yeah, it's so sick, dude.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just
2: ready for whatever's going to, and it's such like a good, I'm going to do it. I'm going to equate it to wrestling.
1: Love it. Which we will We're later. talking a Bird. How do we not eventually yeah. pivot but back it's to like, WWE? It's like
2: when you give a character a theme, as soon as you hear it, you're just audibly cued into like, oh no, something bad is going to happen. Or oh no, they're around. And it's so much more effective than simply seeing it. Because like, when you hear it, you don't even have to see who it is. It's just the idea that they're there is like, oh, shit. You know, like, this is not good. Everyone's in danger now. And it just makes it so much better when you finally do see them. You're like, oh, my God, man. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, I think that sometimes,
0: especially if you're, like, very conditioned to horror tropes and you watch a lot of horror, sometimes, like, an over-the-top soundtrack kind of gives things away or can kind of, like, you know, rob from the moment. And like you're saying... The music here definitely does not do that. It adds to the horror. It adds to the dread. It makes those scenes a lot more effective. Whereas you can watch some really big budget horror movies, which this was not a big budget horror movie when it came out.
1: Oh, we'll talk about the lack of budget in a minute.
0: (laughs) Okay. Right? But like, yeah, you know, you watch something big and it's like something genuinely scary is going to happen, but like they're tipping the bean can, so to speak, with just like too much indicating with the lens or or, or what have you, but uh, that's not the case here.
2: No, it's definitely not the case. You can kind of instantly see that they had to make a lot with a little, and it just shows, again, that genius of everyone who was on the production team because there were so many decisions made, not only by John Carpenter, but everyone involved that made this as iconic as it is. But this opening scene is one of the all-time greats Mm -hmm. And it does the POV.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: It does. And I think it's significant for a couple of reasons. So I I think it's playing on that sort of Alfred Hitchcock, sort Mm -hmm. of you're getting the gaze from the viewpoint of, you know, the killer. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, which which is really effective as it's trying to set the scene of like what's going on and you're trying to get your bearings. The the other thing uh, uh, about it is so, you know, when people are talking about what is like the first slasher movie, mm-hmm. a lot of people will mention Black Christmas. Um, Texas Chainsaw is the only one that I, that I hear, but that's right, like right. such a different thing, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think so. Uh, Black, Black Christmas, though, I, I absolutely would think is a slasher film. But um, so it starts off with us in a similar sort of position where you aren't seeing the killer. You're looking from the killer's right. perspective. Yeah, yeah, um, and we're
1: yeah. hearing the breathing.
0: Exactly, yeah, which like like, he's, yeah, that's crucial from from Black Christmas. So it's starting off like that. Um, and, you know, sometimes people will say, like, well, this movie is kind of like ripping off Black Christmas a little bit or like it borrows a lot from Black Christmas. And, yeah. you know, I think from the very beginning, it becomes something completely different. I love Black Christmas. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to say it's not great, but like no, this course, is yeah. something completely different and it does it completely differently the second that the mask is taken off and you know yeah. immediately who the killer is, the entire point of black Christmas is you don't know who the killer is. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of like the only times you ever see him are like, he's covered up in the shadows or he's on the phone or you're going through his perspective. Yeah, right. It's not a situation where you actually are in the perspective of the characters. And you know, from the very moment, the, the killer is Michael Myers. Right. Um, so the moment that it goes from looking through the mask, that little clown mask, to the mask gets taken off, and we're staring uh-huh. at people with the knife, and his parents, like, bewildered. Who
1: is uh-huh. apparently six? Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Pretty wild. Oh, okay.
2: Hey, developmentally, Michael Myers is killing it. You know, Literally he, he's weird. doing a lot at six years old. I'm, his gross motor is off the
3: charts. <laughs> yeah, I was
2: gonna say, real good grip on that knife, good hand-eye coordination. Mm-hmm also strength really really quickly too i I, this is something that's a theme
0: throughout the movie but it's established in the first scene too i was watching this with my partner and you know we were both kind of like so on Halloween night, would your parents just up and leave? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, shouldn't we go out trick-or-treating? Instead, like, every parent uh-huh. in this movie is uh-huh. going off to some, like, crazy party.
2: Yeah. Uh, like... It's real confusing, too. No, because... Eddie
1: and I were talking about that when we yeah. watched it this time. I was like, oh, did your parents, like, go to Halloween parties? I was like, no. What the hell Absolutely do you mean? Not. And I was like, oh, well, my my parents did. But but they would take us trick-or-treating first and then maybe leave us with a a sitter.
2: Halloween in Haddonfield seems very weird because we see like families going trick-or-treating at like 3 p.m.
1: Yeah, the sun is completely high.
2: (laughs) Was this the norm in the 70s? I wonder. I haven't looked into it, but like the traditions Mm -hmm. of trick-or-treating are very weird. So
0: I actually will tell you. So my, my dad loves Halloween.
2: Yeah. He always
0: loved it. Because he loves trick-or-treating. And that's, like, one of the things that he actually liked doing with um, Mm -hmm. us was he loved taking his (laughs) trick-or-treating. Your
1: father had things that he enjoyed? (laughs) Just kidding. Besides
0: complaining (laughs) about the New York Yankees, yes. There you go. Okay, good. So he he, – he, but he would tell me, like, as a kid, he he grew up in New York, that actually, yeah, like, they would leave school and immediately go trick-or-treating, which even when we were kids – we did not do that no it's
2: sundown exactly yeah that's what we were saying it's like and granted obviously was different yeah but i just feel like i wouldn't have enjoyed it as much if we went during the day well as you said we know who the fuck it is right away it's this little kid michael myers they look at him just like what the hell I want to take a step back, though, because when we're watching this happening, we're seeing through the eyes. They sort of pop that mask on, which I love that yeah, effect. Very,
3: very quickly.
2: <laughs> it very much <laughs> just like vacuums to the camera. Thump! And it's in there. One of the most realistic things in this film as a whole is how quickly these high school men nut. Because <laughs> in this in this POV shot, we see Michael's sister with her boyfriend. Michael grabs a knife, and homeboy's running down the stairs, zipping up his pants like, that was great. It's like, dog, that was 90 seconds at best.
1: Yeah, maybe.
2: Very realistic. I applaud the man. That's probably his personal best, the longest he's lasted. Also must be said that, my God, Michael's sister.
1: Holy tits!
2: <laughs> Real nice.
1: Good heavens.
2: And I know that, and we've had conversations like this where we very much, or- I don't want to speak for the group, but I very much do enjoy when a monster, a killer doesn't necessarily have a motive, Mm -hmm. but it kind of seems like in this first film, at the very least, it almost immediately gives you that idea of like, he really doesn't like when women have sex. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. And by
2: the end of the film, it sort of feels even stronger. I don't know. Very strange, very iconic. And it's uh, 1963. So Mike Myers and the Beatles. They're both just coming up at the same time.
1: Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> I like how that... So the connections your brain makes. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 Absolutely love it. Wow. Have you heard uh, Chris Jericho's, uh, his theory as to what motivates Michael? No. Oh, Chris Jericho, look at Chris that. Chris
1: Jericho. Crossing wrestling. over with
0: wrestling again he like submitted a lot. Le- this, I- this is like four or five years ago. He submitted like a letter to, to Joe Bob Briggs during the last drive-in when he was showing Halloween. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He watches that and big fan. Yeah. He basically made the argument that Michael has um basically like feelings of like incest towards his sister, Judith. Mm. Um, mm. And so when he sees Judith, Have sex with her boyfriend or knows that that's what's happening. Yeah. Smart. That sets off a trigger. Then, you know, he goes off into, you know, the mental hospital, the insane asylum, breaks out. He goes back to Haddonfield and he immediately is seeing these high school girls similar age to his sister at the time that he killed her. Right. And he, you know, obviously not right in the head, he associates those girls as being his sister. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, he does dig up Judith. He does put like the grave, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Oh yeah. So Uh that's his theory. And like it's solid. It makes a motivation. It seems
2: pretty good. Mm
1: -hmm. He doesn't
2: like these women whoring around.
1: Well, and (laughs) you know, we can get into like from an English perspective of like the phallic imagery of the knife. That's Uh-oh. his weapon of choice of mm-hmm. penetrating the body. That totally tracks. Yeah. yeah. Chris Jericho. Who would have thunk?
2: Who would have thunk.
1: That's funny. I 2
2: j, But uh, what was Lori hearing when she first sees this thing?
1: So I don't know exactly the details of the text that they're discussing in this English course. It mm-hmm. may be, I don't know if it's psychology and literature. I I couldn't really come to a a solid understanding of what. The class was but basically the teacher is having a discussion on the different elements of fate and whether or not they can be affected or changed Mm. and as they're having this discussion lori looks out the window and sees michael Mm. for the first time which is really cool
2: does she see michael or does she see
1: the shape
2: (laughs) they are very much different things in my mind
1: Mm -hmm. elaborate on that
2: one of my favorite little fun facts that i saw after watching it and delving into it and researching all this was that in the credits you see that there's a character credited as the shape and then i come to find out later that michael myers the killer the one that you see the mask and everything all put together even though laurie and other characters call him michael the cast and the writers and everyone, they refer to him as the shape. He's not human anymore. He's this other being that's almost like a force of nature, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes along with what Loomis says about him, because, as we'll get to in a little Go bit, ahead. Loomis, for being a fucking uh psychiatrist, really <laughs> talks about this human as if he's not a human. Yeah, N- not great, but I just love that the idea that he's not a man anymore. The Mm -hmm. idea that he's transcended and becomes something so much more because, again, for me, in my horror, in my killers, that's what I want. I don't want it always to be such a like, oh, here's this tragic backstory and let me give you the five points of why they became the way they are. And you got to feel sad for them. It's like, no, I want this thing to be just this unstoppable force. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: We'll talk about it later, but that's kind of why I really enjoyed Halloween Kills. And seemingly, I'm in the minority there, but whatever. <laughs> let's let's keep moving on, because we have the shape. Things are starting out here in Haddonfield. Let's talk about Loomis, huh?
3: Loomis.
0: So when you think about, you know, again how this movie was shot, mm-hmm. nobody in this movie was a name at this point except for Donald Pleasance. Right. And to me, this movie doesn't work if Loomis is also sort of like a newbie, untrained actor. Now, nice. that's not to, like, discredit the other... Like, Jamie Lee is great, um, sure. yeah. and the, the, the characters are well cast, but it is to say that their roles don't require them to have the sort of depth of character that Loomis's role does. Mm-hmm. So if you have some, you know, person who you just pulled their head shot off a pile... yeah play loomis i think that this movie doesn't work but because you picked somebody who has the gravitas of donald pleasance Mm -hmm. he brings a needed um i think authority to this movie that allows for the other characters and actors to kind of stumble along and, and find out what the best 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 method is like jamie lee curtis as an actress gets so much better and like you know, we can discuss the 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 value of like the the, the sequels, but like her presence gets a lot stronger as she mm-hmm. has more experience. I mean, she's very young here, mm-hmm. uh, but Donald Pleasance, like he he sets a tone here as Loomis that you know the stakes are are, are real mm-hmm. and. You know, everybody else is, you know, kind of like, oh, you're crazy. But he sells (laughs) this, like, inhumanity of Michael so well. Um, So, you know, hats off to to
2: Donald Pleasence.
1: Is he still alive or has he passed?
2: He he passed a while ago. That's what I thought. I mean, he was old as hell in this movie.
0: I think his last... I can't remember if it was Halloween Five or if he if he was in the Curse of Michael Myers. Nice. I can't remember. Um, uh-huh. He's definitely in Halloween Five, but he was not in H two O. No, um, so I think he died before <laughs> that, which I love all
2: uh-huh. of H 20 Yeah, I just always think it's funny that it's H two O. It's like, yeah, it's called water. <laughs> no, but I agree because it's like not not only because of the man who it is, but it's just his commitment to it.
1: Oh yeah, he is completely. Dug his heels
2: in. Mm-hmm. Not only does it not work without his his gravitas, but it also doesn't work if he didn't commit, if he phoned it in. Because from the get go, and we can talk about it now, the way he talks about Michael is so fucking over the top, and it's just kind of like the case where I I know that's kind of I don't know I don't know I feel like they weren't trying to disparage mental illness. It was just they were trying to make it a point where, again, this man ain't a man anymore. He's something else. But damn, does Loomis talk crazy about this man?
1: Yeah, he's not very <laughs> respectful to his patient.
2: <laughs> no, he's his patient. He's also
1: like breaking HIPAA like left and right yeah. to just like random people. It's like, hey,
2: let me tell you about my patient. Let me tell you his medical history. What's going on with him? By the way, I want to fucking kill him. All right.
1: I want him dead <laughs> in the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the nurse being like, uh, you know, don't you think that you should refer to it as him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. if you say so
2: (laughs) yeah whatever fuck you (laughs) but it's time to meet the as michael would refer to them the sluts and then the virgin who in horror is known as the final girl Mm -hmm. we've got laurie and her friends annie and linda what are they all about
1: they're about smoking weed and having
2: sex Mm. well at least two of the three of them are
1: yeah so (laughs) laurie is about knitting and babysitting
2: (laughs) Right. So weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know why they made her like the most boring person they Uh, could.
2: Well, also,
0: why are Annie and Linda friends with her? Right?
1: Yeah. I I mean, are they just because they were neighbors and they grew up together?
2: Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're hey. Maybe they're loyal to the soil. You know? Yeah, that's true. It's been day one.
1: I know that I was friends with people (laughs) just out of convenience. You're friends with the people around you, so. Uh They're not very nice to Lori either.
2: No, they're definitely not. They just make fun of her the whole time and sort of force her into situations she doesn't want to be in. And that's essentially what gets her into all that mess at the end. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. How do we feel about Lori in general in this one, in this first one? Because Bird, you were talking about it, how this character evolves. But how do we feel about her in this first one?
0: You know, I think that she doesn't have like the sort of confidence and charisma and mm-hmm. kind of like wherewithal that, like that you kind of expect from some of the final girls. Like, and I think part of that is because you say what you want about, you know, tropes of slasher movies. Yeah. Lori Strode is the like first real strong established final girl. Mm-hmm. And you know, it sets up a lot of the tropes. Yeah. Oh Yeah. L- Lori's like, very, you know, she's incredibly sensitive. She's incredibly passive. She um, mm-hmm. really is, like, she's positioned to be super feminine in every way, shape, and form, except for the fact that she's, like, bookish. <laughs> <Yuck>. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> I'm saying that's the setup of the movie. No, right? I know. Like, I'm not I'm yeah. not equating. I know like, you don't feel that good, way. Right? Yeah. Um, and so... I think, you know, as I, I look at Jamie Lee Curtis, I see her in this movie as playing Laurie Strode more than her being Jamie Lee Curtis and making that into mm. this character. She yeah. She's playing the character that was written for her and mm-hmm. she's playing her well. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's until like a little later, maybe even as early as Halloween 2, that you start to see, oh, no, Jamie Lee Curtis is like a sensational actress and yeah. she states this role because she she's kind of she she is kind of lame like it's oh, yeah. yeah you know oh, she's, it's
2: just real fucking
0: lame
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it reminds me a little bit of what happens a ton especially in ya Ooh. especially when it translates to film you kind of write this bare bones protagonist that people can project themselves onto so that's probably why she was such a you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: quote unquote, blank canvas.
2: Right. I mean, it's she's kind of be... boring
1: to look at, too.
2: Yeah. Oh. You know.
1: Well, that that <laughs> no, no no no. You're right. You're right. That's changed throughout horror history. Is you know, final girls. They they start off as this like virginal white thing, and by the end they're covered in gore with their and tits hot. out mm. and hot. Yeah. Tank top. But Lori doesn't go through that really. I mean, she's no, got like no. a lower cut button up, but other than that. Yeah not in this one yeah no
2: i think i think i do agree with you in the fact that it's kind of like she has to be the every girl right Mm -hmm. girls across the country across the world kind of have to look at her and i don't know i don't want to speak to the general population but i am because i feel like (laughs) generally most people are pretty normal Uh uh-huh Are you living the fucking fantasy lives of the classic teenage, like, yeah, I'm fucking every weekend and I'm partying (laughs) and all that? Like, probably not. You know, those are the outliers, the Linda's and the Annie's who are hella smoking weed and just all they think about is sex. And they actually have sex seemingly every night, three times a night, because these boys last 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that's not, most people are Lori. Mm -hmm. You got to relate to her.
0: Absolutely, and you know the other thing is she she may be lame, but she's not. It's not like we dislike her, right? Because oh,
2: like, yeah, yeah.
0: there 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 are like situations where you have like the main character and the main character Sucks. is set up as somebody that we're supposed to like, but we just can't uh-huh. like. Like mm-hmm. we like Lori, we root for Lori, we want her to you know survive. But yeah. I also feel like the the dichotomy of like Lori in comparison to Annie and Linda for me like. And I don't know if it's just evolved as I've like gotten more uh, like aware and smarter.
2: <laughs> nice.
0: I there's I'm not really rooting against like Annie at all. Like, yeah. and we'll no. talk about it. Like that that sucks. Like I, I like Annie. Like, yeah. I yeah. Oh god. Yeah.
1: Linda, whatever. She's a bit of an airhead, but it's fine. <laughs> a little
0: bit. Yeah. She's got yeah. great tits. <laughs> oh,
1: nice <fun> legs <laughs> right
0: there. But but I will say this, like. Um, and it's one of the things that i think is good about halloween is that you know a lot of slasher movies especially as more and more you know sequels were made for for like the different big franchises Mm -hmm. characters become disposable and you root for them to get killed i'm not rooting for anybody to get killed in this movie oh yeah i i do care about the characters and i Uh i'm not like rooting for michael to like slash him up whereas like he's fighting you know Buster Rhymes and Buster Rhymes.
2: Square <laughs> up,
1: right? Doug. <laughs> I have no idea what we're talking about now. Oh, I am yeah,
2: lost. You oh, it. Resurrection. It's, it's pretty infamous. <laughs> oh,
1: God. Maybe I'll have it's to watch so it. so funny.
2: Play. Like Bird said, with every death, you're thinking, wow, this sucks. Like, they don't deserve this. They were just trying to have fun and live their lives. And look what happened. Meanwhile, Loomis is running around in the background, and he's like, oh, this is a, it's evil. He's and
1: gonna get ah. and you. And you're
2: starting to see just how evil the shape is. And it's because you actually care about these characters. Because it would be much different if you're, you know, again, as Bird said, if you just hated everyone, you'd just be like, just fucking kill him. Get him out of here. I don't care.
3: Mm-hmm. It would
2: just be much less menacing. Yeah. But I think we should maybe kind of start transitioning into this infamous night that he came home because it's called halloween an amazing move to call a film after the holiday and make it all set and it's set in the year that it released which i fucking love because i'm just like hell yeah this is this is real man because imagine being in 1978 in the theaters you're watching this you've never experienced something like this and then you're just like oh fuck it's this year dog Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) did this actually happen you know how dumb people were back then.
1: Well, I thought Haddonfield <laughs> was a real place. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, Haddonfield's not real. And then we looked it up and no,
2: it's, it's a just good a fictional
1: town. But it's good really name. good and it feels like a real place. It feels like Main Street USA.
2: Oh yeah. And we got these babysitters, Lori and Annie. And shit does not go well. Before we get there, I think we do just need to introduce the sheriff that looks like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I look at this man, and I don't see anyone but Mark Wahlberg. It's Brackett, right? Sheriff Brackett? Sheriff Brackett, that's right. Mm -hmm. And he is Annie's father. Yes. So Annie is the daughter of a cop. Mark Wahlberg, the sheriff, he gets accosted, I'm going to say, by Loomis, who just sort of, in my mind, runs up on him. It's like, there's a fucking evil guy coming into your town. We got to do something. Mark Wahlberg's like, oh, my goodness you know hey uh, how you doing there you want to get like a wall burger you sit down and talk about this and see what's going on and meanwhile while that's happening annie is forcing laurie to smoke weed is it weed i'm assuming no, it's weed
1: it's weed
0: they're listening to blue oyster cult it's weed
1: it's weed
2: <laughs> the music changed Song is so good. it started off as tobacco and then it changed into weed it was just very funny to me that they're driving by and annie looks and she's like my dad no, and just like pulls over it's like Andy, you didn't have to stop <laughs> and now he definitely smells that weed
3: oh yeah yeah. like
2: you just like <laughs> walk a little bit open a window uh, like yeah that's not you were hotboxing this essentially yeah he he got he caught a whiff of that zaza he fucking the knows zaza! what's up
1: <laughs> i have not heard that one in a while
2: ben Tramer's a fucking legend in my book because Lori seems to love him they gush about him all the time, and we never see this man. No, and I always just picture a god, like Ben Tramer. He's fucking killing it.
1: I do not imagine a god. I imagine like <laughs> a dude that was like part of the chess team in like seventh grade, but then he got like hot, and then he Let's just
2: is a god.
1: No, he's just kind of like an average-looking guy with cardigans.
2: Yeah, no,
0: I was gonna say. I mean, if you want to see what Ben Tramer looks like, you can watch Halloween too.
2: <laughs> no, Wait, no, 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 no. Not that Ben Tramer. It's the fictional one in my mind. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> it's like Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: He only exists in my mind. <laughs> ben
2: Tramer. He's both alive and dead inside <laughs> the house of Michael Myers. It's just fucking hilarious.
1: Poor Lori.
0: Yeah, like Laurie is like, no, Annie, like you need to call him and say you were just joking. And she's yeah. like, you can't he went out drinking with something Godfrey. Like, he won't
2: be yeah. like Godfrey. He won't
0: be back until the morning.
2: Yeah, it's like, God, these legends, man. <laughs> and, and it's because they do the thing where they always say their full name.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: like, God, this guy's fucking killing it. That's He's such not a ben. high
1: school thing, though. He,
2: he ain't Ben. That's Ben Tramer right there, guy. But even
1: when you guys reminisce <laughs> about people that you went to school with, you always use their first and last name. I don't know if we do. I feel like you usually do, unless they have a nickname.
2: I feel like but we normally also, do last names.
0: Our like the high school we went to had like thousands of students. I don't yeah. imagine Haddonfield High.
2: did. Yeah. No, you
1: you write you write. Uh
2: huh. And we didn't call them their full name in the time. You yeah. do the full name later because you're like, well, there were a million Bens. We're mm-hmm. talking about Ben Tramer. Yeah. Like now, guy is a living legend as they speak.
0: By the way, I, I also imagine that like. If we went to high school with Ben Tramer, we would call him Tramer. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) Hey, what up, Tramer? (laughs) We're going out drinking, right? (laughs) Tramer's coming, bro. you know it. (laughs) Tramer's driving. There we go.
1: The Tramer train. (laughs) Choo-choo.
2: He's
1: already got a nickname.
2: Annie. Annie, Annie. What a baddie.
1: Mm -hmm. The
2: the only thing for me could have made it better was if she wore glasses. But...
1: (laughs) Eddie's got a tight. I
2: ain't got no shame in my game.
1: I love her hair.
2: Oh, so good. Yeah, I mean, she's got the
0: most moxie out of all the characters. Like, oh, yeah, you got a little hot <laughs> <laughs> Um So one fun fact about, so Annie's played by Nancy
2: Loomis. Yeah. Which, Very fun. Yeah, I was saying that to Kayla. I was like, look how fucking weird this is. <laughs>
0: annie also shows up uh or nancy loomis i should say shows up in uh the fog which is i love that movie another great john carpenter classic so absolutely thrilled to see her again um Uh but yeah i mean like i feel like she's kind of the best of both worlds because like linda the cheerleader is just like so ditzy Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. like doesn't have like a whole lot of like personality Mm -hmm. she kind of seems like a caricature of, like, what a cheerleader is. Yeah. Right. And then Lori is, you know, kind of the square, you know, and she's kind of a caricature of what, like, a nerdy girl might be, mm-hmm. or just a nerdy person. Virgin. Uh, but Amy's kind of, like, in the middle a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. she's definitely, like, uh, like, cool, and, like, you could tell, like, she's, like, among the popular girls like oh, yeah. is, but she also, she's, you know, doing some babysitting, and... Right.
2: She's you know, good she in any hood.
0: Yeah, mm. she she seems to me like the most actual like realistic mm-hmm. character.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, Annie top notch.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: <laughs> and Annie is feeling horny for Paul. Paul. Much like in the horror trope, women who have sex are going to get the axe. This sets up Annie's unfortunate death.
3: Oh.
0: Annie gets the call from her beloved Paul. booty he seems so cool. He got grounded for throwing eggs um. <laughs>
2: Oh, well, we'll speak about the quality of these men here in a second. Apparently, in 1978, you just had to have a penis.
0: Yeah. Well, also, that's probably why Ben Framer sounds so cool. It's because, Mm -hmm. like, all the rest of these guys are so lame. Yeah. And it's like, Ben Tramer. the only thing we know is that he went out drinking with Mike Godfrey, so. Yeah, it's
2: fucking sick, dude. (laughs) He's having a great night. I'd like to imagine (laughs) Ben Tramer had the night of his life. Oh, yeah. Did you get drunk? Nobody's ever been <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That night Ben Tramer had five beers, dude. Yeah. Five Insane. Beers. No one's five, ever had five, five beers. Lights. Yeah. <laughs> oh my no. But they no, it was light, Illinois. Dude. It was probably it was full BBR. Course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, yeah, she gets the call from, from Paul who was grounded. Um, but for some reason his parents left, and you know, a kid <laughs> that's throwing eggs, he's yeah. probably could be trusted to be home alone. But, yeah, his parents left, like every parent in this movie yeah. does. <laughs> Makes <laughs> and sense. She, you know, is informed that, you know, he's going to be able to, to leave. But, of course, he asks her mm-hmm. to pick him up. Yeah. Even though what man. easily walk <laughs> there. <with> Anyhow.
2: <laughs> like a man. So
0: Annie is going to pick up Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, she drops off Lindsay, the girl that she's watching with Lori. Right. And she... Is singing a song about how awesome Paul is. And then oh, yeah. into
3: the
2: car. It's a good song, too.
1: <laughs> My Paul.
2: Um, and then.
1: <laughs> that was so good.
2: Hey, I just want to say really quickly Ben Tramer would pick you up. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. He would not make you go pick his ass up.
0: So um, <laughs> she gets into the car and she's about to start it. And then she's noticing that the windows are like bogged up.
2: Yeah, nice touch.
0: Yeah. And then we get Michael starting to choke her. Mm-hmm. And then Lucky lady.
1: I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> hey,
0: now. Whoa, 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 <laughs> And then, uh, and again, talking about sort of like the minimalist, like, gore. Mm-hmm. It, it's implied that he takes a knife and slits her throat, but you don't really see it. You don't see any blood or anything mm-hmm. like that.
1: She and just then, falls on the horn, right?
0: Yeah, like her eyes kind of like go back into her head, and then she like falls onto the horn, and then you know the horn and her head is just resting on the horn as it continues to to blare. Mm-hmm. That's the end of of Annie, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, Annie. the unfortunate early end. We didn't get enough time with Annie. Yeah,
0: again, her- like I I think her death like mattered. Like oh. it was not it's mm-hmm. not something we were rooting for. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, absolutely.
1: Well, and just from coming from like the female perspective, that's something that I've been taught to fear like my whole life. Before, almost every time I, before I start driving, I always check my backseat. Is that the boogeyman has just been like instilled in my consciousness. Like Mm -hmm. there is the chance that somebody is hiding underneath your car and is going to slice your ankles. And then, yeah, there's a chance that there's a guy in the back of your car just waiting for you to let your guard down and kill you. They are literal urban legends. For a reason.
2: Oh, yeah. I this mean, is, like,
1: something that, especially as a woman, I've been taught to, like, keep my guard up about and for.
2: These these real fears, these everyday fears, unfortunately, come true in the form of, as you said, a literal boogeyman. Michael Myers here. He He literally embodies that boogeyman thing to this little kid. Because right after Annie is murdered by Michael, he fucking does, like, the coldest shit and just, like, walks... With her dead body out around, which does this house not have a back door?
1: I guess not. Is,
2: or is he just flexing on everyone?
1: <laughs> Look what I just got.
2: I mean,
0: when you think about it, like Michael's not exactly subtle. Um, no, like, no. You know, Ugh, like, there's a scene where they're walking, and then he's just like standing by the bush, and then he just walks behind the bush. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. And, like, he's brazen.
0: I think it was a TikTok. I I don't I don't know. Um, but uh-huh. there was like. It was the scene where Lori's in her bedroom and she's looking down into the backyard and he's just staring up at her. And then the in the TikTok, it's like she's staring and then you know he's staring back and then she cuts to her staring and then it cuts to him like doing jumping jacks and then
3: like
0: like, mowing the lawn.
2: I'm right here.
0: (laughs) So I wouldn't be surprised uh, to say if he's just like, yeah, "Yeah, like I'm not trying to hide.
2: Right. I want people to see. Yeah. But it's also just I, I just bring that up because Annie to get to her car, which is in the garage in the back. Mm-hmm. She goes, walks around the house, forgets her keys and goes, walks back around the house and goes in the front door. And I'm like, why did she do that? <laughs> is there not, there, to me, there's just not a back door in this house. And it's always just been very confusing to me. So maybe is that probably Michael just, you know, he doesn't give a shit. He's taunting everyone, begging everyone to come try him. Cause he knows they can't touch him. But we've had our first death. Speaking of death. Next section, I'm just gonna say it because I like the little titles I made.
3: <laughs> he's a line from work. line from
2: the movie, Loomis Death has come to your little town. While all this is going on, we haven't really talked about what uh Sheriff Mark Wahlberg and Loomis have been doing.
1: Now <laughs> I want a burger. Now you're
2: just <laughs> and Who I'm just gonna say, like, oh. in my opinion, not doing a whole lot. No,
1: no. he's a cap. <laughs>
2: Well, not just the cop, but Loomis himself. Oh, absolutely. And I get the He they scared jumped.
1: some kids at the Myers house, but that's <laughs> yeah, about it.
2: Got their ass. Uh, I don't know. It's just funny because Loomis is sort of like the most active protagonist. Mm-hmm. But he just kind of doesn't do anything for most of this movie. No, he just like pontificates
0: about how Michael is the devil. Yeah. You know, it's just like he had the blackest
2: eyes, the devil's <laughs> eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's, in my mind he's just accosting civilians of haddonfield the whole <laughs> night running up on them and like i'd like to tell you about this evil person that's in our town right or that's in like your a, town right now
1: it's a scarier version of mormon missionaries just yeah get on my space
0: i was gonna say a little like cassandra he like from you know the from the iliad like mm.
3: he's, mm-hmm. he's
0: trying to be this prophet but he like and what he's saying is true, but nothing, can't really do anything. And people yeah. won't necessarily. I mean, I guess the cop mm-hmm. believes it, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, not enough to really be effective.
2: <laughs> yeah. He he believes him in so much as he just kind of wants Loomis to stop accosting civilians. Yeah. He's like, okay, well then go hang out at his house and then uh, I'll be back. And then he goes and has a wall burger with government cheese and then mm. joins him again. And he's like, oh, you know, I just got done working out for the sixth time today. <laughs> saw my kids for five minutes but it wasn't really in my schedule
3: mm-hmm.
2: i don't know it was very funny it's very funny to me because it's not until the very end that they that luma sort of turns around and is like ah shit the car's right there <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like it how long happens multiple times yeah like, yeah.
1: like at the <laughs> hardware the... store
0: and then like he's on the oh, phone yeah. Uh um to like call and say that like he's you know broken out and then he turns around and that's where like he discovers Uh the truck of where michael (laughs) has killed the guy in the jumpsuit
2: at the very least his power is that he's always right about the area he's always in the right spot he's just a little (laughs) bit too
0: late Mm -hmm.
2: i think right here is just for me this is my big point in the rewatch because do i love this movie yes is it Good horror, yes, is The Shape, Michael Myers, terrifying, yes, I think so. But he also, in this first film, does a lot of things that, to me, are a little goofy. He's a a
1: goofy
2: guy. This guy's a jokester. He's playing around a little bit. My number one question, why the hell did he grab that kid? (sighs) (laughs) Like, why was he hanging out inside the school? Why did he grab that kid just to be like, ah, fuck you, and then just (laughs) let him go? (laughs) I don't know what was going on. What what's happening with Mike here?
1: I I don't know.
0: Is that the scene where they're picking on uh Tommy Doyle? Yes, that falls on the pumpkin. And yeah. I think it's it's supposed to be Lonnie, yeah. which is only significant because of like the later Halloween movies, but, yeah, the, but yeah. he, like runs into Michael Myers and Michael's yeah. yeah like, He's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean it could be kinda like what Kayla was saying that like, you know. Michael's not necessarily after the kids, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. he's, he's still skulking around. Though, mm-hmm. the, the kids thing that changes in Halloween four, but uh, I figured. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah, um, that is kind of like an interesting, interesting moment.
2: This is kind of funny looking mm-hmm. back on it because it's like, were people not concerned about this man, this tall man in, in a, a fucking mask. stark white mask, walking around and grabbing kids? Just to like shake them a little, and then now nah, those up. teachers
1: left as soon as that bell rang. There is oh, yeah. no supervision on that blacktop <laughs> anymore.
2: The adults in Haddonfield, I think, in general, I think what they did is they said Halloween, we go trick or treating, and then we all just go hang out in one spot together. The
0: greatest party of all time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like adult Halloween
2: has got mm-hmm. to just be off the hook. <laughs> adults only, except for Mark Wahlberg and the crazy doctor, <laughs> and that's it.
1: They're not invited, right? My favorite... Ben
2: Tramer is going to be there. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> ben Tramer is the party. All right, He honest. hosted it. There you go. My favorite weird thing that Michael does yeah. is when he's about to kill Linda. <laughs> and he decides, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be fun with it. Yeah. And throw on a sheet so look like a ghost.
2: She's like, going to think this is hilarious. to be her
1: boyfriend.
2: Right. So... So let's get to that. because
1: Why, Why, Michael?
2: Michael (laughs) hits the jackpot. Not only does he get to murder Annie, but then two more victims show up at the house. It's like he Ubered some fucking victims because they just show up. And I think here is the time to talk about it because right before Linda and her boyfriend, what's his name? Oh, God. Bob. Of course it's Bob. Bob. All of
1: these people are named like they're 55 years old.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Right before they go into the house where they're they're planning to and going to have sex. Bob says something incredibly weird (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) that I did not catch until this last time that caught us completely off guard because they're talking about how they're going to go upstairs and Bob says, like, I'll take my clothes off or whatever. You'll take your clothes off. And then after, we'll take Lindsay's clothes off. And Kayla and I looked at each other like, who the fuck is Lindsay? Because, again, I'm not paying attention to anything. No. I Google it, and by my surprise, Lindsay is <sighs> the fucking little girl that Annie was babysitting. And I'm like, Linda, this the type of man.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> that
2: you're with. Like, and she just can- laughs. Yeah, she's like, ha, ah, fucking hilarious. Like, what are you talking about?
1: Uh Oh. Uh.
2: So I would dare say there's only one death that I feel kind of okay with. <laughs> and it's fucking Bob. Bob. <laughs> Which is mm-hmm. probably the best oh yeah. Death. yeah. Like. And that's why maybe they did that because they wanted you to feel like, hey, Bob can go. He yeah. had
1: it coming. <laughs> yeah. He had it coming. Oh
0: man. I, I I think personally, like Bob's death is probably like the scariest scene mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, because you know he's downstairs, he's getting a beer. Of course, by the way, we do have to mention that prior to him going downstairs, we see about a 45-second sex scene between he
3: and Linda. They're just
0: just writhing around a little bit. They're essentially dry-humping. Yeah, Yeah, he rolls off of her, and then she's like, that was amazing. (laughs) Linda!
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't. Stop lying. Yeah, yeah, this my, man. my
0: partner, like we were watching it last night, and she's just like, I highly doubt that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, no, because right. so, she doesn't know any better. It,
0: that's true. Yeah. So, anyhow, she he he goes downstairs to get to get beers and then notices that the back door is open, and mm-hmm. you know, he thinks Annie maybe has uh, come back home, closes the door after not hearing anything, and then he's kind of hearing like these weird sounds, and you know, he checks in one area and then he Goes and checks the pantry, and then he's like, "All right, I know where you are. Come on out!" and opens it. And then Michael just comes and straight at him, gets his ass, and lifts him up, stabs him with the world's sturdiest knife to yeah. be able to mm-hmm. hold him up on the wall,
2: and also apparently a knife that's longer than it looks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that knife is going to have to be a lot longer than it than it is to be able mm-hmm. to.
0: It might as well have been a sword. Like, yeah, it was just... he should
2: have got his claymore. <laughs> And yeah, ran exactly. bob
0: <laughs> of course so like this this moment's great like it's it's great tension um it's a it's a really kind of creative death but it's an iconic moment too because yeah. the, and this i think leads into the, the humor a little bit like that, uh-huh. that pencil that michael mm-hmm. does
3: oh he's so like good. staring
0: at his work and he's yeah. like great. it's it's kind of funny because he, he looks like a kid right It's just like mm-hmm. uh, like i did it good But he's like, yeah, like I did, like I did well. I'm, I'm like admiring my art, sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Like, it's, it's a kind of like super subtle humor that is still like a little menacing that Mm -hmm. that works well. And it's also like it's humor like uh, First Nightmare on Elm Street, where like Freddy (laughs) is doing similar sort of stuff, but then like later on in the Nightmare series, he just becomes a stand-up comedian, and it's not as effective. But this is like that kind of weird like horror humor moment that Mm -hmm. yeah it's like michael does seem to have some more self-awareness than loomis would think he does
2: yeah apparently i mean i guess he was talking to someone cracking jokes with someone in the asylum because he's got a sense of humor let's get to the jokester that is michael because (laughs) i mean kayla why don't you continue and explain what happens because after he kills bob what does this man do
1: I don't even know where he. Oh, I think he pulls the sheet out of like the laundry or something. Probably. Anyway, he walks. <laughs> he walks upstairs with the sheet on, like a ghost,
2: mm-hmm. and he puts Bob's like, glasses okay, on.
1: Puts them on. You know, a ghost needs to see. <laughs> Poor Linda. She's just like, oh, we're like playing. She's like trying to be all coy and like mm-hmm. cute and hot and whatever.
2: Showing them. And babs. he's just
1: not talking at all. Mm-hmm. And that just makes it kind of funnier because he's just, look at this yeah. weirdo just standing at the foot of the bed <laughs> as her tits are out.
2: Yeah, he's probably like, like,
1: you gonna do something? Where's nice. my beer? Like,
2: Linda, very strange that she would think, I mean, Bob is very strange, but I don't know why she would be so tolerant of him not speaking. I feel like she should have turned things up really quickly and noticed that things were wrong much faster.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's hilarious to me, especially on this rewatch that Mike was like, I know what I'm gonna do.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this next one, why don't I jazz this up a bit?
0: Well, like the mask, right? Like he's wearing a mask, and that's like a sense of like anonymity, and it's kind of like you were saying, like he becomes the shape. He's mm-hmm. he's not like Michael Myers, the human. He's the shape when he has the mask on. So like the mm-hmm. mask totally makes sense why he wears that. But You're already wearing a mask. Why do yeah. you need like a ghost sheet on? Over <laughs> yeah,
2: He's just like. And and it shows that he was, like, paying attention, obviously. But he, you know, it's like, oh, well, he went down to get a beer, so I'm going to do it. And she's going to think I'm him. I'm going to wear the glasses, because that's fucking funny, because I'm Bob, you know? i
3: Bob. he
2: he gives us a pretty simple Halloween costume. As Kayla said, Linda, she makes a phone call. Does she make it or she gets it? Either way, she's on the phone. And she's talking to Lori. And she gets choked out.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Pretty... Pretty easily, yeah. At the very least, I feel like he should have wrapped that cord around her neck instead of just going straight across. But that's just whatever.
1: We're critiquing the technique (laughs) of a serial Um, killer, Mike
2: Myers. Next time, try a little bit harder. Make it more realistic. By God, it's the shape. Your friends are dead, and now it's Laurie versus the Boogeyman.
0: It's interesting
2: because
0: the setup is supposed to be that you know the two licentious girls are now gone and mm-hmm. now we have the bookish virginal Lori who is fighting against mm-hmm. the shape, who's fighting against the monster. And it's here that she shows her, her wit and her like ingenuity um mm-hmm. by using and then I'm giving like kind of a sargonic, like we love fil- film critique <laughs> of it. So it's like, what objects does Lori use to attack Michael Myers. Mm. Well, it's all the objects of domesticity, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's the, the needle. Uh, sewing needle, right? Then it's a hanger from a closet, yeah. right? So uh, those are the two things that she uses to attack Michael and to temporarily stun him. She
2: does not <laughs> kill him, right? Because no, yeah.
1: not even close.
2: You no. you you can't kill the boogeyman. No, no, you cannot, and it's hilarious. I just want to come in and say because Kayla and I were going back and forth. And it's very funny because Michael obviously he's unstoppable. He's he keeps coming and coming and coming. But it's almost like if he were like a video game D and D character, he would have like five HP. Because mm-hmm. he, he gets hit once and he's fucking down. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. He gets stabbed, and granted he's stabbed in the neck, but he's just boom, on the ground. Wait about 30 seconds, though, and this man is back up and coming mm-hmm. at you. Same oh, thing yeah. with the coat hanger. Gets poked in the eye, bonk, and then fucking just hits right back up. Oh yeah. And he's coming after you. It's just very funny because it's like, is he unstoppable? Yeah, but also you can stun him for a good little bit.
3: Oh, yeah. It yeah, doesn't oh, take yeah. much.
2: <laughs> well,
0: also, um, and I was kind of joking about it, and then it it's actually just like true. So when Michael gets up. He doesn't Mm -hmm. just, like, ooh, like, you know, come to. He does, like, the Undertaker, boom, like, like, pops up. And I actually realized, um, like, I remember an interview with with, uh, the actual Undertaker, and he said he got that from Michael Myers. Like, he said it was actually meant to be, like, a callback to him, like him just
2: popping up.
1: I also associate that with Frankenstein's monster. Is that correct? Yeah,
2: he put his hands up, though yeah Whoa. that's true i
1: guess it was arms yeah, but yeah. It, it, there is a subtle difference there
2: and mark Calloway, <laughs> mark I'll put you down <laughs> similarly to the undertaker with that like gong it does play that little like when he yep. rises up right So mm-hmm. he's got his music man you can't stop him
0: Mm-mm. so you know giving like the sardonic film critic take on like laurie mm-hmm. Lori needs to be a little more observant. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. she she thinks that she's killed him the first time, tells Tommy and uh Lindsay that, and Tommy's the like, Well, you can't kill the boogeyman, which is actually poignant. Um, and then oh, of course she you know stomps up the stairs from there. <laughs> and then yeah. uh you have the after she pokes him in the eye with the a coat hanger, you have her keep her back completely turned <laughs> yeah. to Michael as she's on the phone trying to call for right. help. And, of course, we're watching as he gets up and he lumbers towards her.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Michael's a little woozy here, so he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. a little yeah, slow. It should be an easy kill on her. But, like, you know, Laurie's Lori's real. Like, Laurie's actually just being... I think a normal like she she makes mistakes like you're not going to have all your wits about you in that situation. Um, She's grabbing for she's resourceful. She's grabbing for whatever she can. Um, So I think like that's my actual interpretation is like Lori is just reacting the way that like a normal human Mm -hmm. being would. Um, You know she's she's observant in some ways and you know still kind of a teenager in others. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Also, I would just like to insert the caveat: this girl took head trauma. Immediately, she (laughs) fell off the top of the stairs and landed off of a balcony, like, Mm -hmm. and she was still able to. I was like, I was telling Eddie, I was like, she would be dead (laughs) or unconscious. She
2: got fucking within the
1: first ten seconds of this interaction.
2: She got got, but she got up, kept it pushing. Couldn't be me. (laughs) Fights off this. I'm no
1: final girl.
2: One thing we have to talk about is when Loomis shows up. We get another iconic scene. As Loomis runs up, he's finally there. Finally there to do something. Does does the sheriff do anything? Absolutely not.
1: He's a cop.
2: <laughs> exactly. Realistic depiction of a cop. <laughs> Loomis shows up, puts a couple in Michael's chest. And at this point, Michael's been what? Stabbed in the neck.
1: Stabbed in the eye.
2: He's been shot twice, three, four, five. We were counting him out. He gets shot a few fucking times. Falls on, out of a 2nd story balcony, flatbacks onto the ground. So far, this movie's been pretty grounded. As Michael yeah. kept coming, yes, but thus far, you know, you could survive the things that Michael has been through. But then when Loomis looks over the ledge, where is he? This man is fucking gone. And the music swells. And Lori, I was telling Kayla, I, I, I took it as like, obviously it could be just Lori, It's all hitting her at once. But I kind of took it as they meant it to be like Laurie is realizing, as Loomis is realizing, that he's not dead, and that he's somehow, some way, has gotten away. And I mean, Bird, the beauty of what they do with this moment is so good.
0: Yeah, it cuts from Laurie and Doctor Loomis to all of the sets, all of the places that Michael has been, and Mm. so you get these, like, empty images of, like, the living room of the exterior of the house, you get, uh, of, like, the the laundry room, like, you get all of these exteriors of where, or all of these uh, still images of where Michael has been, and they're empty, and the, the music is, you know, at a fever pitch, and you hear Michael breathing the entire mm. time you hear that like labored, mm-hmm. I'm wearing a mask, kind of breathing, and it just signifies that he has been everywhere and he could be anywhere. Mm. Uh, so he's kind of like omnipresent in like the final moments of the movie.
2: And then it's just fucking like ends. It just yep. cuts suddenly to credits. And I think that somewhere they said that that was a last minute decision to have that ending and to show essentially all these B-roll shots Mm -hmm. and then have the music and then have the breathing because they wanted to leave the audience with the idea that he could be outside. They wanted the audience to be afraid walking to their cars. A stroke of genius, I think it was effective.
0: Very short credits roll,
2: by the way. Oh, yeah. Right? I noticed that. It really was a bare-bones production. Mm
1: Mm-hmm
2: masters of the craft
1: oh yeah i'm always a fan of opening credits yeah and this this franchise does such a good job from what i've seen they do a really nice job of setting the tone and then i don't know i've just always liked opening credits
2: yeah i mean speaking of the franchise this is this is a movie franchise that much like most horror it's always the joke that oh how many movies of that do they have 20, Mm -hmm. 30 of them. This franchise has a ton of sequels, not only to the main original one, but as we've said, there's reboot after reboot. I think we could talk a little bit about what happens to Michael, what happens to this franchise, and where are we now? Because the first one, even with that ending, was very grounded, and things (laughs) quickly got into the more mystical.
0: Yeah, so I mean... I like Halloween 1 through 4, a, like, a lot. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I like Halloween 1, three. 2. Yeah. yeah, I meant Halloween 1, 2, and 4, I should say. Yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of Halloween 3. Like. I, I can give you my, my take on that if you'd like. But um, yeah, uh, Well,
2: I mean, I think you should, because it's like, maybe for people who don't exactly know, Halloween 3, what happened? Why is it so bad? It's weird, because it doesn't even feel like it fits.
0: So, So Halloween 3... It, basically john carpenter and um deborah hill who was uh one of the producers that was behind like bringing forth you know the halloween franchise they, they envisioned halloween as being a franchise that had grown beyond michael myers as a character like they they viewed michael in one and two as a story yeah. but they didn't plan halloween to just be about michael myers they thought it was going to be like these different stories that mm-hmm. connected to Halloween night. Right. So in the third one, which is called season of the witch, they <laughs> tell a completely different story that is not related to Michael Myers or Haddonfield in Illinois in any way, shape or form. It yeah. mm. is basically about this uh, Halloween mask company mm-hmm. that is using some sort of ancient druidic curse,
1: Oh, God. like,
0: sacrifice (laughs) these kids. And they're trying to get them all to buy these masks. And they buy these masks. And then they have this, like, super annoying, Silver Shamrock, um, this super annoying song uh, about Halloween. um, And everybody's tuning into a Halloween special. And then, like, the kids watch it. And then the the mask, like, melts into their face.
2: Goosebumps. Um, (laughs) Goosebumps.
0: Right. And so when it came out, it, it was pan. Everybody hated it. Yeah, And they hated it because Michael Myers was not in it. They're like, what the hell? Like, this is Halloween. This is supposed to be about Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. And so the film was pretty much, like, dismissed. I I think that was the end of John Carpenter's involvement with Halloween until the 2018 reboot. I think that was his first time that he came back to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was blanketly like dismissed, and then Halloween Four was called the return of Michael Myers because <laughs> he's he back, Michael baby. Oh right God, now.
1: let them know that he's in this one.
0: Exactly, put so, <laughs> little front uh, center on the poster. So, but what's happened with Halloween Three over the years is you, you know it went from being I, like unfairly dismissed because people are like, well, you know, sure. Michael Myers wasn't in it. And therefore it's a bad movie, um, which I thought as a kid, but like you know, getting older, that's not a really fair way to treat like the movie as a whole. So it started developing this sort of like cult following where people are like, you know, actually, Halloween's like a pretty Halloween three is a pretty good movie. Yeah. And so people, you know, started defending it and talking about how much they liked Halloween three. And now I feel like it's kind of become this sort of like hipster thing where it's just like, huh. oh, you know, actually, Halloween three is the best yeah. Halloween
3: movie. Oh, um, boy. I
0: don't know. And <laughs> yeah. It's like, look, I understand that it's unfair to say it's bad just because Michael Myers isn't in it. But mm-hmm. watch that movie on its own merit, and I—it's boring. It's super boring. It <laughs> uh-huh. is not that interesting. Like I love Tom Atkins. Like th- th- it's that movie is also weird because like Tom Atkins is just, like hooking up with anything and everything. Like very. <laughs> <easily>. <laughs> there we go. Um, but it, I don't. It's it's boring. It's a boring movie. It's a great concept. I actually like the concept a lot, but sure, yeah. it doesn't work. So it's like I I don't. think it's fair to say it's bad just because Michael Myers isn't in it. But don't be that hipster that's like, well, actually, it's the best Halloween
2: movie. (laughs) It's not. You get out of my house. Yeah. You take your stuff and you leave. (laughs) That's fucking funny. Yeah, I mean, it definitely suffered from that expectation that I think a lot of moviegoers or just fans of anything do these days is you build something up in your head as to what Mm -hmm. it's going to be. And if it's anything different, you're just like, well, this is stupid.
0: Michael's like that. He's sort of like the comfort in yeah. the movie in some ways. Like he's, you, you know what to to expect, and it's like an old friend in like a right. bizarre sort of way. But like, so to answer your original question about like where the franchise goes, so like, yeah. you know, the second one we are introduced to Ben Tramer. Um, but in the second <laughs> one, legend, it's revealed that Michael and Laurie are actually brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of like the big reveal slash twist in the second one hey, yo. I won't go into like the plot but there's like a large like fire that happens like a silent yeah. fire, Loomis gets burned
1: Oh, uh, Loomis
0: <laughs> Halloween 4 I love Halloween 4 I think it's awesome He's back, baby. Um, <laughs> so Jamie Lee Curtis has decided she doesn't want to be a part of these movies anymore, she doesn't want to be just defined as a scream queen because you know she's doing prom night and terror train and all this stuff Yeah, right So uh, they introduce basically Laurie Strode's uh, niece, Jamie, who's played brilliantly by Danielle Harris. She's awesome as a child actress, just like plays this sort of like adorable, like pitiful girl so, so well. And so basically like Michael, instead of chasing Laurie Strode, he's now chasing Laurie Strode's niece. Which in turn is his niece. Um, yeah, right. Jamie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that happens in four and it happens in five as well.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Five starts to set up this super weird storyline that has to do with like this ancient like curse uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. And then that leads into Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers starring Paul Rudd. <laughs> my God.
3: Paul Rudd. Hey. Hey. Uh,
2: look at us.
0: Huh? <laughs> <Who> <laughs> look that? at us. And that's where. That's where I think the franchise really starts to lose its way. So I'm not a fan of The Curse of Michael Myers. Uh And then, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, there's a pause for a few years until Halloween Mm H2O. And Halloween H2O is not a reboot, but it's kind of a reset. And I love Halloween H2O. I think it's great. So Jamie Lee Curtis is back. And in that one, Halloween... Four, five, and six don't exist. Only Halloween <laughs> and two has happened. Yeah, this takes place twenty years later.
2: Age two. Um, uh,
0: Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, who is still Michael Myers's sister. Yeah, based on an assumed name, she has an adult or a high school son, Josh Hartnett, and right. Michael. <laughs> twenty years later, tracks them down to this like super private school yeah. in Southern California and and stalks them and Michelle Williams and LL Cool J. Um, <laughs> and also and LL, LL Cool yeah, J. That is hilarious. It, it's, actually it's actually good. good. Yeah. I love Halloween mm-hmm. It's very effective. It it doesn't overstay its welcome. Oh, then we get into Halloween Resurrection. Oh, boy. Which is with Buster Rhymes. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's basically like a reality show that takes place in the Myers house.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like they're doing ghost hunters, but with like Mike Myers and it's yep. like, Oh, what could happen? What could happen is he shows up. You fucking and He idiots. shows up, yeah. He sees they're streaming at his house and he's like, motherfucker, where's my car? <laughs> this man this man also learned how to drive by himself. So give him a That those was props. a funny
0: joke that yeah, Limax.
2: <laughs> yeah. So then um
0: that kind of ends like the first round of like uh the franchise and then Jesus the Christ. First go at it. And then Rob Zombie, he takes over and he does complete like the first reboot of the yeah. original Halloween, which had some like okay stuff. Like I, I you know, I didn't, I love it, I didn't, sure. it, but I didn't yeah. hate it. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it just, it's a more gory, like yeah. brutal version of Michael.
2: It's very much Rob Zombie. Yeah, he likes his gory, He likes all that. It's just you know the infamous thing of where you have Michael Myers like talk and and he does it as a kid and like it's sort of like it does that thing where it has to explain why does he do this it gives like a definite reason why he's doing all this stuff and it's just i don't know like i like i said in some movies it's it's good yeah but for me for mike myers it's just totally against kind of what i like about him
1: Show don't tell
2: yeah and he gets he gets two of these
0: yeah the second one is trash
2: (laughs) and then Um, once again they said hey we're gonna reboot it again and we're gonna do the same thing we did with halloween h2o where this new one retcons and gets rid of all the other ones except for the original mm -hmm. Yep, and it's pretty good it's pretty good i loved
0: like halloween 2018 i enjoy like
2: oh i thought it was fantastic yeah I think, you know, as I alluded to earlier, Halloween Kills comes out. And this one, I think partially it's due to the expectations of people. Go back to the whole season of The Witch Argument. People expected a certain film out of this. And there are parts that are super goofy about it.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. (laughs) Which I can acknowledge is not very great. You know, it it is funny, it's stupid, it's like, ah, why'd they do that? You can get why they made their decisions, but Halloween Kills is extremely divisive. We don't need to go into it too much because it's still fresh. I just want to say, for me, I loved that the shape was on full blast in this Mm -hmm. fucking movie. And it really made him... Like, he was dangerous, yeah, but it made him... The ending scene, for me, is where... It did that thing where it elevates him from a man into a myth. And it's so fucking sick. To me, I liked it. Is the movie perfect? No. But it got me amped up. And it brings us to Halloween Ends, which Mm -hmm. this episode is coming out a couple weeks after that movie comes out. Not to date the episode too hard, even though it dates it super hard. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll see. You know the thing you
1: hate doing? You just did it. I don't
2: know. It's a good little yeah i mean it's halloween we can do this just you could fantasy book halloween ends Mm. not only like what you would like to see in it but what you would like to see for the franchise because i can just quickly say if i were to fantasy book halloween ends i would have both laurie and mike myers kill each other yep and then i just want some finality to where it's over and I know it's never going to officially be over. Like, Halloween's not going to go away. Yeah. It's not going to go away forever. But I definitely want at least, like, a decade. Like, a 10-year hiatus to where mm-hmm. we just leave it alone.
1: Let people rest.
2: Because gonna, it's going to come back. That's the fact of the matter. <laughs> they're not going to get kill this cash cow. No. But I think a good 10-year, let people forget, and then they could do what Hollywood does and... Reboot, and who knows? It could be good. You know, Halloween twenty eighteen was good, yeah, but it. I think it needs a rest.
1: Yeah, Michael is such an icon. I think you know Jamie is even more iconic in some ways, Mm. and I, I really do think that she needs to go out on her own terms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is getting up there in age. And, you know, I don't awesome think that. she needs to push herself any further than she already has. She's mm-hmm. already earned her flowers and then some. Oh, um, yeah. So like you said, Eddie, I don't think there's any other way to end it other than having that real finality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's called Halloween Ends. It's yeah. got to end,
2: right? <laughs> it's in the title.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, it needs it needs a rest. Yeah, Also, like, you can't, like, promote. That it actually is going to end and then not deliver on <laughs> yeah. I mean, like literally, like the marketing for this movie is just the movie says it ends. It yeah. doesn't even say Halloween. It just says it ends. Like, right. like which that's... I say I'm all for. Like, I I love it, but like, uh-huh. it, it needs to the Blumhouse version of Halloween needs needs to be done. And that's not to say like I like I I like Halloween Kills more than most, mm-hmm. but i do think that that's partially just me loving halloween in general mm-hmm. i i think that halloween ends needs to like bring finality to laurie strode and mm-hmm. and you know to, to michael myers for now you know if want to resurrect him not in a Buster rhymes way then like <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know
0: i'm fine with that later on down the road but like mm-hmm. you know I, I will say this so like you remember uh, they did, like, a Nightmare on Elm Street
2: reboot in mm, 20, like mm. eleven or something yeah, like that? Yeah, uh, the guy who played Rorschach? Right,
0: yeah. So, um, you had somebody else playing Freddy Krueger instead of um, Robert England playing mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. And, and people really didn't like it. Yeah. And I get that because there's, like, a comfort. And, like, you know, Freddy Krueger is defined by, like, Robert England's you know, playing yeah. him but but you know what's interesting about that is i actually don't like i love robert england and i love nightmare on elm street but i like i don't really agree that the guy playing Freddie Krueger was the problem the problem was mm-hmm. nancy mm-hmm. the girl playing nancy did not have what hanger heather langenkamp had mm-hmm. his, like nancy to me is the best final girl of all time
2: okay yeah and
0: i'm bringing this up for a specific reason the reason i'm bringing it up is um, if you're going to, you know, reboot something like, people expect a certain, they expect certain things. Yeah, I think that after this third one, there's just, I don't think that you're going to be able to make somebody happy without Jamie Lee Curtis or John Carpenter being involved in this. And John yeah. Carpenter's is up there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and you know, Jamie Lee, I, I think she's done everything that she can as mm-hmm. um Oh yeah, the character has been exhausted so you know i think it's time to put it to rest i I hope it does actually end uh,
2: yeah
1: it's a yeah. curtain call and i yeah. love curtain calls it should
2: be yeah <laughs> and it's just funny because as a franchise i think this one the most out of all the other horror franchises has like they've realized that hey we've gone a little too far in some ways <laughs> like i mean they literally retconned their own timeline twice Yeah, not just once and then rebooted it twice. So I think that's where we're saying we're all just sort of saying, like, they just need to let it rest. Really, really, whatever the next thing is, they really need to think about it and put some serious thought and have to and they have to be okay with the fact that John Carpenter is not going to be involved. Jamie Lee Curtis isn't going to be involved. So there needs to be time to where people are going to get over that. And either through natural means, like, you know, the unfortunate passage of time uh, does to everyone. Maybe we lose John Carpenter or, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis retires from acting, but it's going to take those things to where people are like, well, he's not going to be there. There's no way he can, or there's no way Jamie Lee Curtis can do it Mm -hmm. because until that happens, I think a lot of fans are going to be like, no, they have to be involved or else I'm not watching it. So it just needs time.
0: Yeah. And, and that can happen, right? Like, I think of, like, you think of something like Dracula.
2: Yeah.
3: And mm-hmm.
0: people really think about, like, Bela Lugosi playing Dracula yeah. in the movies, And, of course, like, I love that. Yeah. But, like, Dracula stories work without Bella Lugosi. And they actually worked right. before him, mm-hmm. too. Like, Nosferatu is a better movie, in my opinion, than <laughs> yeah. Dracula is. Um, mm-hmm. And then the 70s version of Nosferatu is amazing. So, like, that can happen it just has to have the right amount of requisite time
2: yeah Mm -hmm. you gotta give people time to be okay with things changing yeah Yep. on that note let's get down to the dtr we've changed since we first met halloween so let's define the relationship
1: so my relationship as i mentioned at the beginning is very much new to halloween i don't have the nostalgia pop as we call it um (laughs) with this film or this franchise really so coming at it from the adult perspective I think this movie has a lot of merit still to this day does it do some of the things that I now personally consider cliche yes but that's because I'm watching it 30 years in the future from when it was originally created so I'm coming at it from a different lens than probably most people who've seen this movie I really appreciate the uh kind of I don't want to say bootstrap mentality, but uh-huh. the, the grassroots effort that took place in order to get this film running. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain level of familial connection that I tend to prescribe to this movie as a whole.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You can tell that the people involved in this project really do have a lot of love for these characters and the story that they're telling. That being said, my relationship with Halloween is not the strongest Mm-hmm. But it is a very like appreciative one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the the elderly neighbor that you say mm-hmm. hello to every time you go to get the mail,
2: uh-huh. and you
1: bump into each other, like, "Oh, how you doing? Good to <laughs> see you it's sure. It's something that has been in the background of my life for a while, whether that's on a conscious or subconscious level. Um, so am I show dependent on this film?" No but i definitely understand how and why people are and i res- i have a great appreciation and respect for that so
2: yeah for myself i mean you probably know what's coming the way i talked it up <laughs> 2 minutes ago 3 minutes ago but for me despite all the other horror films i've seen and i've seen a lot in recent years and a lot of horror films that have been scarier than this you know or newer films that have amazing acting all around or the special effects are really well done to where it all looks super real and everything's just amazing you know the passage of time when you compare films from 2022 to 1978 there's just some things that will improve despite all that to me halloween just has a special place in my heart it was one of the first like real horror movies horror classics i think it's the first horror classic i ever saw and for me, it's definitely my favorite horror classic. overall, it's probably I'd still put it as my number two horror film ever. but I don't know it's just it's hard for me to and I say that and I say that the Babvitch is number one, but it's almost hard for me to say that because I have such a connection with Halloween. I love the franchise. it's so much fun, even the ones that aren't that great are fun (laughs) i love watching a fun horror movie when it just gets ridiculous and obviously some of it is very goofy even in this first one i really love the new trilogy i know that it has some missteps in the sequel halloween kills but that first 2018 one was amazing and it sort of revitalized the love that i have for michael myers because for me he's my guy He's my horror icon. He's the one that I like the most. And it's like, by far, like he he's leaps and bounds ahead for me. You know, he's my guy. <laughs> for me, he's got the best theme song. He's got the best look. I love the way he moves and the way he just stands there. I just feel like just the fact that I can see an image of Michael Myers just standing by a bush. And it just fills me with all these thoughts and this dread and this nostalgia and all this. That, for me, means I'm 100% show dependent on this one. I love watching it every year. I love seeing all the new ones. And like I said, I hope that when it ends, if we do eventually get a sequel, I can't wait to watch another one and see what happens with Michael Myers in the future. Mm So, you know, I was trying to think back to, like, why
0: I I want to talk about Halloween and It wasn't the first horror movie I saw. You know, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. It is not my number one favorite horror movie of all time. That's either The Thing or Suspiria. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's probably the one I've seen the most. And I think it's the film that to me is the most synonymous with the term and genre of horror. Like, if you were to say horror, what's the first thing I think? I think of Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. So... I think he is synonymous with the genre and the thing that I love about Michael Myers is you know we we talked about what the franchise turned into and you know in some ways it kind of gets goofy but not Michael himself never gets to the level of goofiness that the other real big slaughters do. Mm -hmm. He still maintains this mystique so like Freddy Krueger starts off as like this weird grimy sort of humor and then he turns into like a stand-up comedian and then he just <laughs> kind of like has like all these like ridiculous like one-liners um pinhead even does that which is really weird because hellraiser is so different
2: I the uh, new one's good
0: I, i'm excited to watch it actually Mm -hmm. Uh, i've never been a huge friday the 13th fan i think like what friday the 13th does well is more special effects than it does like actual story but i mean like Mm. jason in space and jason like punching (laughs) guys head off like you know that sort of thing like fantastic uh, (laughs) you know like there's they become like caricatures of themselves and michael never really does even if other people around him in the story kind of does Mm. michael is still michael michael is still like this blank slate and he's so mysterious and you can kind of project so many things onto him Mm -hmm. and i think halloween set the standard for what the slasher genre would become but also the standard for i think what horror is and what it has been so you know to me um it's probably the most significant horror movie in my life even if i don't necessarily think it's like the best and everything. I think the sum of all of its parts make it, you know, on the put it onto the Mount Rush more of horror. So mm-hmm. I absolutely would say that, you know, I'm not scared of Michael Myers. Michael Myers kind of like what Kayla was saying, but in a, in a different way. Like, Michael is sort of like comfort food for mm-hmm. me. Like,
3: Yeah.
0: Um, Halloween has kind of been ever-present for a long time in my life, so I would say that I'm
2: certainly still show dependent.
1: Gotta get that branding in there.
2: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> we love to hear it. I mean much (laughs) I don't know with the tagline of Saw it's funny that Saw use it because it's like if it's Halloween it must be Saw Mm -hmm. I feel like if it's Halloween it must be Halloween
1: it must be Halloween
2: every year I gotta watch it Yep. (laughs) thank you everyone for listening to this episode and before we go any further thank you so much to our guests our good friend Bird yay we're coming on really breaking it down really sort of as i feel like we all do when we go on this we sort of bare our soul a little bit with why we like the things that we do and it's funny i was telling kayla earlier before we record i was like i'm excited that bird's gonna be on because he's so much better at explaining things than i can (laughs) it's like he i know he's gonna break things down and I'm going to be thinking, like, ah, oh, that's exactly what I feel. But he's going to say it smarter. So thank you for coming on. Yay, and an add... intelligent
1: person thank on you. the podcast. Much like
2: Donald Pleasance, you add the gravitas. Oh, oh that, was so <laughs> that was so nice, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. But hey, if you like what you heard here, please give us a follow. Download the episodes and spread the word. Tell all of your slutty friends <laughs> and your... <laughs> And you're one virgin who's yes. going to stick around. They're going to be the final girl and just clean up all your bodies after the bloodshed mm-hmm. has finished that you all can find the show dependent podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. I have a feeling I know the answer, but bird, is there anything you would like to plug and or a final message here on the pod? What would you like to say? I mean, nothing
0: that I want to plug personally, mm-hmm maybe I'll just plug like, you know, cause we were talking about pretty big horror movies here. Yeah. Um, if I could plug uh, like a smaller production horror movie that is worth your time, oh, yeah. check out the movie horror and the high desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't look up anything about it. Like it's on Amazon prime. Just go and watch it. Don't look up anything about it. Oh, and,
3: yeah. Uh-huh. If
0: you're interested in like true crime and, and horror, it's, Just, yeah, don't look anything up. Just watch Horror in the High (laughs) Desert. So I'm I'm plugging a smaller...
2: There you go. There you go. I love to hear it. A
1: little suggestion for for the end of spooky season.
2: Absolutely. We'll have have to check it out ourselves. I know, it's sad. But I remember you saying that, so we will definitely have to check it out Mm -hmm. ourselves. And hopefully we can get a little bit more views on that thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyways, if you would like to follow the podcast ourselves, follow on Twitter, follow on Instagram, that is at SHO Dependent Pod. If you'd like to follow myself, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitch at Victor V. Sweet. And my love, my other half, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: where can you be found?
1: Not babysitting. Not doing that (laughs) shit anymore. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Also, you can find me on Twitter at DJ Vivage.
2: All right, and with that, we have but one final little bit of information for you. It is our opportunity to tell you to save the date, because our next episode, I got to ask, I got to ask, do you remember? Remember who? Because I remember. I remember yearly, monthly, weekly, and honestly, daily, because that's the next episode. We take a little trip down to a little football town. Where one man unites everyone into the love of football. And not only does he do that, but he cures segregation in the process. <laughs> <laughs> because it is time to remember the Titans.
1: Woohoo!
2: I fucking love this movie so much.
1: <laughs> I know you do, and I have forgotten almost all of it. Well so you better be well, fun. you
2: better remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's time. All right. If you do the honors, Bird, you could hit him with the last words.
0: You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare.